self-development with tactics. So today we're gonna go ahead with Atlas Shrugged, or however you pronounce it, I don't know, but we're gonna go through it. Miss Tagard, he said gaily, I'm curious about you, I'm curious whenever anything upsets a president, what president, as a rule, visitors are a painful duty to me, I'm frankly astonished that I should feel such a simple pleasure in seeing you. Here. Do you know what it is like to feel suddenly that one can talk without the strain of trying to force some sort of understanding out of a vacuum? Question mark. Men are not open to truth or reason. They cannot be reached by a rational argument. The mind is powerless against them, yet we have to deal with them. If we want to accomplish anything, we have to decide them into letting us accomplish it or force them. They understand nothing else. We cannot expect their support for any endeavor of the intellect for any goal of the spirit. These three men, these three who held all the hope which the gift of intelligence ever what proffered, these three uh, from whom we expected such a magnificent future, one of them was Francesco, who became a depraved playboy. Another was Ragna, who became plain bandit, such for the promise of the human mind. Who was the third one? She asked. He shrugged. The third one did not achieve even that sort of notorious distinction. He vanished without a trace into the great unknown of mediocrity. He's probably a second assistant bookkeeper somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, pretty funny. I mean, if you think about, like, okay, the one is a criminal and the one is a playboy and whatnot, and the other one is not even that. Quote-unquote, not even that. Um, but yeah, contradictions do not exist. Whenever you think that you're facing a contradiction, check your premises. You will find that one of them is wrong. That is your cruelty. That is what mean and selfish about you. That is, that's what's mean and selfish about you. If you loved your brother, you would give him a job he didn't deserve. Precisely because he didn't deserve. There would be true love and kindness and brotherhood. Else, what's love for? If a man deserves a job, there is no virtue in giving it to him. If is what virtue is the giving of the undeserved. But if a man deserves a job, there is no virtue in giving it to him. Well, I do understand the concept like, okay, if it is your brother, just be harsher than with other people. You know, if this makes sense, because you want your brother to, to do exceptionally well in terms of really trying to be as best as he can be. Um, but yeah, Eddie, what do we care about people like him? We're driving an express and they're riding on the roof, making a lot of noise about being leaders. Why should we care? We have enough power to carry them along, haven't we? The reporters who came to the press conference in the office of the John Goldline were a young man who had been training to who had been trained to think that their job consisted of concealing from the world the nature of its events. Do the two of you realize you're talking for publication? asked the man with the sneer. But Mr. Hobbs. Hopkins, said Dagny, in polite astonishment, is there any reason why we would talk to you if it weren't for a publication? Whatever I am, she thought, whatever, uh, whatever pride of person I may hold, the pride of my courage, of my work, of my mind and my freedom, that is what I offer you for the pleasure of your body. 
That is what I want you to use in your service and that you want it to serve you is the greatest reward I can have. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. Unhappiness is the hallmark of virtue. If a man is unhappy, really, truly unhappy, it means that he is a superior sort of person. I mean, yeah, you know, if, if one is, well, not necessarily, but when somebody is really unhappy and you can combine it with being extremely actionable, then uh, this is going to be uh, bad for other people. You know, this person's going to do everything to change things. This person's going to do anything to be happier. And, and this is going to really, you know, this is going to really hurt other people in, in a way of, okay, they're going to be crushed. They're going to be crushed in terms of taking action. This person's going to take so much action. This person's going to just work his or her butt off. Um, I would say, you know, but only if it is, or well, if it is, if she or he is truly unhappy. I mean, if you're a bit unhappy and whatnot, then yeah, probably not going to do too much about that. But yeah. The hint of desire that he felt was no more than a sense of physical discomfort. The sharpest impulse in his mind nagging him to action was not the thought of the girl, not the thought of the girl, but of all the men who would not pass up an opportunity of this kind. Hank, do you understand? Those men long ago tried to invent a motor that would draw static electricity from the atmosphere, convert it and create its own power as it went along. They couldn't do it. They gave up. She pointed at the broken shape, but there it is. Dr. Axton, I, it's inconceivable, it's your, your, a philosopher, the greatest philosopher living. An important name, why would you do this? Because I'm a philosopher, Miss Taggart. The secret you're trying to solve involves something greater, much greater. Than the invention of a motor run by atmospheric electricity, there's only one helpful suggestion that I can give you. By the essence of nature of existence, contradictions cannot exist. If you find it inconceivable that an invention of genius should be abandoned among ruins and that a philosopher should wish to work as a cook in a diner, check your premises. You will find that one of them is wrong. Later, when they told her that Ellis Wyatt had vanished, leaving nothing behind but a board he had nailed to a post at the foot of the hill, and when she looked at his handwriting on the board, she felt as if she had almost known that these would be the words. I am leaving it as I found it. Take over. It's yours. Which part of my reminds me of something, yeah, stupid. Public toilets. Leave them better as you found them and it is also like i mean if you're at work and 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 uh, you see that somebody shit all, all over the place i i don't want to say that you should clean everything and whatnot but just um, leaving it in such a way that um other people are not going to be completely you know completely disgusted by just looking at the fucking toilet i mean i would say in general think a bit of bit more about other people and what they want to have and, and what could be good for them and so on and so forth could be of tremendous value you know not a lot of people are doing that unfortunately and but i mean it is what it is we are a selfish piece of shit we human beings um quite often at least you know often on, on the other hand of course we are not as well um 
but yeah. The latest scientific discoveries, such as the tremendous achievements of Dr. Robert Stapler, have demonstrated conclusively that our reason is incapable of dealing with the nature of the universe. These discoveries have led scientists to contradictions which are impossible according to the human mind, but which exist in reality nonetheless. If you have enough, if you're not heard it, my dear old-fashioned friends, it has now been proved that the rational is the insane. Miss Taggart, do you know the hallmark of the second rater? It's resentment of another man's achievement. Those touchy mediocrities who sit trembling lest someone's work prove greater than their own, they have no inkling of the loneliness that comes when you reach the top. The loneliness for an equal, for a mind to respect, an achievement to admire. They bear their teeth at you from out of their red holes, thinking that you take pleasure in letting your brilliance dim them. Why would give them a year of your life to see a flicker of talent anywhere among them? They envy achievement and their dream of greatness is a world where all men have become the acknowledged inferiors. They don't know that that dream is the infallible proof of mediocrity, because that sort of world is what a man of achievement would not be able to bear. They have no way of knowing what he feels when surrounded by inferiors. Hatred? No, not hatred, but boredom. The terrible, hopeless training paralyzing boredom. Of what accounts are praise and adulation from men whom you don't respect? Have you ever felt the longing for someone you could admire? For something not to look down at, but up to? There is something I wanted to know, said Cheryl, her voice taut and harsh, so that there won't be any pretending about it. I'm not going to put on the sweet relative act. I know what you have done to Jim and how you have made him miserable all his life. I'm going to protect him against you. I'll put you in your place. I'm Miss Taggart. I'm the woman in this family now. That's quite all right, said Dagny. I'm the man. Hmm. So you think that man is the roof of all evil, said Francesco da Conia. Have you ever asked what is the root of money? Money is a tool of exchange, which can't exist unless there are goods produced and men able to produce them. Money is the material shape of the principle that men who wish to deal with one another must deal with trade and give value for value. Money is not the tool of the moojers who claim your product by tears, or of the looters who take it from you by force. Money is made possible alone only by the man who produce. Is this what you consider evil? Question fucking mark, and with that being said, I'm gonna end the episode. See you soon, and I wish you the best. Bye, bye.